0: So my freshman year, it was just this weird, like, not healthy coping mechanisms. Like, uh, one coping mechanism was food. If I was really stressed before a game, I would just eat a ton of food, um, and that caused me eating issues. And so it was just not healthy the way I coped. Um, and I just, I like I said, it was sink or swim, and I, I was barely treading water. Um, and then when I started, when I started going to therapy and I started learning about the growth mindset and, and what anxiety is and mindfulness, I was then able to actually properly control those emotions.
1: This episode is brought to you by West Coast Beach, a year-round beach volleyball club on the west side of Los Angeles in Santa Monica, California. At West Coast Beach, we aim to get 1% better every day, both on and off the court. You can find more info about us at westcoastvbc.com and on Instagram with handle at westcoastvbc. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Within the Game podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Wexler, and this episode is with former USC Libero, YouTube content creator, social media influencer, TED Talker, and advocate for mental health, Victoria Garrick. Victoria is authentic, brave, and straight up real. She is very open about her battle with anxiety and depression, and it is part of her mission to help others with similar challenges. In this episode, we talk about the importance of mental health for athletes, why committing to being the best version of yourself is so key, how to win the battle of anxiety and depression, and how you can actually use those things to become stronger. This episode is great for anyone dealing with or knows anyone who is dealing with mental health issues. Victoria inspires me not only because of her accomplishments within the game, but because of the way that she uses her past experiences and influence to help others both within and outside of the game. I hope you enjoy this episode, and please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Thanks. I'm here with the amazing, inspiring Victoria (laughs) Garrick. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us today. Of
0: course, I am pumped to be here. Your energy and positivity is infectious as always, so this is brightening up my day.
1: Awesome, awesome. Vic, you were a four-year libero at USC and a starter as a freshman walk on on the number one ranked team in the nation which is awesome you're a pac pack 12 champion finishing your career with the top five most digs in program history amazing you're a ted talk speaker uh your ted talk is awesome we'll talk about that in a second you have a ted talk on mental health and body issues faced with student athletes uh space by student athletes you're a creator and host of real pod uh, a podcast which can be found on uh itunes and spotify on wednesday mornings and you're also a youtube channel uh content creator um VictoriaGarrick.com. instagram's at victoria victoria welcome to the tools within thank you so much thank
0: you i know i always laugh at the youtube thing it's such an alter ego i like never thought i would be a youtuber um <laughs> but i like fully am with all this equipment i looked at the other day like i would have never thought that I would do this, but here I am.
1: Here you are. We're gonna jump right into it, um, Vic. What does living an inspired life mean to you?
0: I love it. Let's let's get real fast. Uh, um, living an inspired life to me is something that is filled with purpose. Um, I think if you're living an inspired life, you have an immense sense of purpose and what you're offering and contributing to the world and. Um, you know, I hesitate to say that because I do know a lot of people struggle with purpose. Like, what is my purpose on this huge planet? I'm one human being, you know, I've been in a position where I didn't feel like I had purpose. Um, and so to me, like, I feel like I live my most inspired life when I have purpose. And a lot of that is purpose in service of others and impacting the lives of others. Um, and that's when I feel most fulfilled in an inspired life.
1: Love that. I love that. Um, I want to move to practice. What does having an inspired practice mean to you?
0: Having an inspired practice to me means that you are in the pursuit of something. And when you say that, I, I jump to thinking about you know volleyball practice, training as a volleyball player. And for me, you know, it was in the pursuit of getting to a place I wanted to be or the player I wanted to be. And I think there's a huge difference in practicing just to practice or practicing with purpose and being inspired by that practice. And that's something I really pride myself on is, um, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. And the same for my workouts in my backyard in quarantine. If I tell myself we're going to plank for two minutes and I start the plank and at 110, I'm like, ah, screw this. I'm like, no, you said it. (laughs) <laughs> and that holds me accountable. So to me, inspired practice is, you know, in pursuit of something, whether that's becoming a better player or when I'm planking in the backyard, just proving to myself that I keep my word.
1: I love that. I love that. So this project is all about tools for the youth athlete. And I want you to put yourself back when you were practicing at USA. Let's say, uh, USC, let's say you were having an uninspired practice. What were some tools to help you get back to an inspired practice in that moment?
0: You know, I'm a big believer in the idea of being 100% happy and 100% inspired every single day of your life. doesn't exist. Like, I just don't think it exists. I mean, I see these people who are always happy, always inspired. I mean, the Dalai Lama is probably the exception. But even he has had to have had a bad day. And so for me, like, if I'm having an uninspired practice, I try not to get too hard on myself. Like, it's okay to not feel 100% the the way you want to be that day. Um, And so if I'm not having an inspired practice, I try to just dial it down into smaller things like, okay, well, how good of a teammate can I be to so-and-so because she clearly is the one getting picked on by coach? Or how fun can I make this practice for my teammates because everyone looks a little uninspired? So I think I dial it down to a more simple goal that's human-like, nothing to do with performance, just something to do with connection with people. And that's sort of how I will get back in that zone.
1: I love that. I love that. Um, Let's carry that further to a game. Uh, What does an inspired game feel like to you?
0: An inspired game to me just feels like the most fun I have playing a sport. And that was something at the end of my career that really wavered and only came in small spurts was the Mm. fun of the game. Um, and I remember even talking about this in therapy, like, you know, when, I, when we played this team, I just felt good. I just mm-hmm. wasn't thinking, I was calling the shots, I was covering, I was laughing with my teammates, I was playing well, like, it was just fun. Right. But then so many games, I'm thinking about it, I'm in my head about the score, my stats, how I'm playing, um, and my anxiety is on another level. So inspired play to me is fun play, you know? Um, and that's really what I feel my best.
1: So, how does one carry over to the other? You know, how does an inspired practice carry over to an inspired game?
0: I think that, well, for my inspired practice, I'm feeling like I am in a strong pursuit of something. And then in a game, I'm feeling like I'm having fun. And so I would say that they tie together because. That pursuit is of just being my best self and of being fully present. And so, when I am on the right pursuit, not a conceited pursuit of statistics or awards, but on the right pursuit of becoming my best self, that ultimately converts to that really fun, energetic, memorable game.
1: I love that. I love that. So, again, same kind of concept. Let's say you're in the middle of a game and you're not feeling inspired. What are some tools that you can implement in that moment to get you back to that? that inspired game feeling.
0: Well, let me ask a clarifying question. Am I uninspired? So I'm just like meh, am I energy slow or am I like anxious and like overwhelmed?
1: Good. That's a good question. Um maybe maybe a little bit of both, you know? I mean, I think all of us as athletes when we're in that game, you know, we we can waver a little bit, you know? Not all, not all of us are like so inspired so in the moment, you know, and sometimes those those negative thoughts do come in. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would say both, you know? What what are some some tips, some um, some tools that you can use in the moment?
0: Yeah, so I guess for both, when I'm in like a meh place where I'm like, ah, I don't really care about this. I don't want to be here. I mean, the the many, the many, most I experienced that was when I was um, dealing with mental health issues. Uh, I was really low and I just didn't really care. And I would notice like, why am I not excited to play Washington right now? Like I'm playing, we're USC and I'm just like, I'm so unenthused. And in those moments... I would try to um, connect with the people around me. So making eye contact, touching hands, patting on the back, um, having conversations and trying to connect with the present moment is something that helped me focus in when I didn't have focus and I didn't care to focus. And then conversely, when I was feeling anxious or overwhelmed for a game and that wasn't inspiring for me. I would really try, and this doesn't always work, but it's the right answer, to think about how um, well I could play when I was uncomfortable. So I walk into the gym. I'm not feeling great. I'm anxious. I'm worried. And my touch is off. Instead of freaking out and panicking, I would fight really hard to be like, okay, how good can you play tonight when we're already anxious and our warm up is trash? How good can we play? Because if we could play good after this, we're going to be pretty good next week when we feel good. So like I that. would just try to take that. What's the opportunity approach?
1: That's really cool. What's the opportunity? Um, I really love that. Well, that's a, a perfect segue to mindset. So let's let's get into mindset. Give us a little glimpse of your, your pregame mindset and as well as during and post. What's going on in your mind?
0: I'm a very intuitive person. So I am high on how I'm feeling at all moments and how I react to those feelings. So, you know, I'm an intuitive eater. Like I wake up, I don't know what I'm eating. I don't have a plan. I just think about what's going to feel best for me in a moment and I make a choice. And that's the same way I am before games. I can walk into the gym before the game and I can already feel how I am. If I am feeling like I'm in a great state, I've had an awesome day, I had a great pregame warmup, You know, then I'm just listening to music, talking with teammates, and I'm just going with that flow. If I walk in, however, and I sense, yeah, I'm really unengaged or I'm really nervous, I would take different approaches, whether that would be um, taking my mind off of the game because of my anxiety. So whether it was watching a quick episode of The Office or listening to a podcast about something totally unrelated so that I could get my mind off of it and kind of calm down those thoughts. Or... Um, if I need to listen to pump up music and start dancing and get my energy up. So I would just kind of, I don't have a routine. And I know that that's not what I've heard a lot of the top, top athletes say is that they all have routines, but a routine made me anxious. Mm. Having to do the same thing before every game caused me stress because if I didn't do something exactly the way I did when we won, I would be a nuthead. So I realized, you know, I can't have a routine. I have to fully accept what I need as an athlete before this game.
1: Wow. So let's talk about the anxiety for a second, because a lot of us as athletes, especially youth athletes, have anxiety. You know, it's one thing to feel anxious, but to have anxiety and to let that let that carry and let that, you know, let yourself go down that road. um, That can be tough. But you did something special about your anxiety. (laughs) Uh, I believe it was after your second year at USC, you you actually gave a TED talk on uh, on being a little bit anxious or having anxiety and maybe a little bit of depression. I was wondering if you could talk about a couple things. Number one, the content of that Ted talk, but also where that thought came from where you wanted to go express all that stuff, because it's very vulnerable to do that, especially right in the middle of it. You know, like a lot of times Ted talks are later, you know, like you, you, you talk about something that happened in the past, but you were a player, you were a current player. Yeah.
0: And something I tell people too is like, after I gave that talk, like my junior year was still struggle bus. Like I was not coming back preaching like the answers. I feel like that talk was literally me at my lowest, like crying for help and saying, this is a thing. Um, And how it started was just when I experienced my issues with mental health, which just for anyone who doesn't, isn't familiar with my story, I felt performance anxiety my freshman year just with all the pressure and the new lifestyle that I was dealing with. And then um, that performance anxiety went on for so long that it led to a depression and a depressive state, which was really low for me. And when I went through all of that, that was my freshman, sophomore year, I just was obviously struggling, but then a part of me was shocked. How do I feel so caught off guard? Why didn't someone say to me, this could happen? Why did I not know what performance anxiety was until the therapist told me like months into my issues? And when I realized that it was a conversation that needed to be had and people weren't educated about it, especially athletes, um, I wanted to share what happened to me. And I did that in hopes that someone who felt like me wouldn't go a year hiding it like I did. Um, And they might Google depressed athlete or why am I afraid to play the same way I did, but this time they would find a result. And that's sort of why I was felt inclined to deliver the talk. And in terms of my vulnerability, like you just mentioned, I am just, I don't know. I'm a really straightforward, honest person. I've never been the type to fake it or lie. um, And I'm very outgoing. So even if I'm struggling real bad, um, I'm able to talk about those things. And it, it wasn't easy. I had people you know, advised me, it wasn't the best to share this information about what I went through. um, But I felt like it was the right thing to do.
1: Wow. Um, I mean, I'm going to leave a link to that TED talk because everybody should watch that. Um, Even if you're not dealing with those issues, it's really good to be aware of because I think I, I think I remember, you said one in four people suffer with a mental health disorder. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that is true. 25% of people will experience a mental health issue. But I'll add to that by saying 100% of us will experience a challenging, heartbreaking, dramatic situation in our lives. 100% of us. Everyone is going to experience something painful, and that's mental health. So this is something that affects everyone.
1: I was wondering if you could just expand a little bit more on the grind, because that's what all athletes go through, whether you're having a mental health Uh, issue or not we all go through the grind and I you mentioned about something about the culture of athletics in college sports about how it's so so much of a grind and then there was this one image in my head where you actually showed your schedule Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that grind and and you know what that did to you and and I think you said you were on the verge of crying sometimes and just just trying to like you're just overwhelmed with all of it right and so like what did you learn from that and looking back from that, you know, looking back on that, you know, what what advice would you give to athletes who might be going through that now?
0: This is a great topic to discuss, especially for the youth athletes like you mentioned because the culture of athletics is intense. And it right. does say if you work the hardest, you will get what you want. If you outwork him, if you go longer than her, you're going to be the person you're going to win. Right. And that theme, that narrative caused me so much pressure to feel like i was doing more than other to feel like i needed to do more than others to feel like i had to lift more i had to go harder i had to go longer i had to get the high the best stats and so that grind which is just kind of glamorized as this like do one more rep like come early like go don't take a day off like is what caused me to burn out and become completely exhausted. And in the TED Talk, I just discussed this fine line between pushing through a workout and pushing yourself and then pushing through your life. And I felt like I had really crossed that line. And it's it's a very fine line that still, I think, is not easily identifiable by most people. And there's not an easily identifiable answer to say this is the line and this isn't. Um,
1: right.
0: Personally, like I had to learn based on myself when I was crossing that line or when I was grinding, because I love to work hard. I do love to go longer than my person I'm competing with. I do love to stay extra, I love those things.
1: Yeah, me too. I had to <laughs> learn
0: when it was helping me and then when it was hurting me. And I can give you an example, like yeah. my freshman year, I would stay as long as the other libero for the sole purpose of telling myself I stayed as long as her. Mm. Not to make myself better, not to whatever, just because, oh, if you're here, I'm staying. That was the mentality and that drove me crazy. And then my senior year, junior year, I was a libero and there was a DS who I could tell was doing the same thing with me. And um, I would see her wanna stay and do more. And I was like, you know what? I feel really good about my practice. I feel like I did a good job today and it will serve me best to go home, shower and have dinner with my roommate. It's not gonna serve me to stay an extra 45 minutes just because I'm threatened by you. And I had to identify that difference. And so mm-hmm. I grinded in practice. And some days I was like, yeah, I got to stay longer. Other days I was like, no, I, I feel really content with the three hours I put in during our block.
1: Yeah, I mean, this whole topic is is interesting. So I want to stay on it for just a little bit more because I, I know a lot of athletes are going through this, you know, and they're just afraid to talk about it or even think about it. Um, you mentioned that you when you were going through this, you were actually afraid to play and make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Talk about that for a second. Cause I've, I've been there, especially, you know, I played at UCLA and I, I, no one wants to make a mistake, but, but having all this compound makes that fear, like makes you tight, right? You just, you play tight and you, and you're prone to mistakes. So talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. The anxiety is just like crippling. I mean, when the first thing, when you say that comes to my head is my freshman year when we played Oklahoma at Oklahoma, it was the very first time. I felt myself in a locker room crying before Mm. the game, not sure why I was. And like, almost just like I was crying, but I was smiling, like, why am I doing this? Like, why, I don't want to play volleyball. Like I've never not wanted to play volleyball. Like I'm the, I love volleyball girl. And um, it was really uncomfortable for me. And then at the same time, like I had a national player of the year on, on my team in our starting lineup. And she is an adult woman. I am this young 18 year old and we are on the same team and this girl's hungry. She wants to win. It's Samantha Bricio. She's incredible. I'm so grateful. I got to play with her, but I saw that as that young girl I was, I didn't see that as this awesome opportunity to learn and whatever. I saw it as I have to play well because Sam is so good and I can't make a mistake. And I just felt like there were all these upperclassmen, USC players who I'd watched on TV and who had been to Final Fours. And when I made that stupid mistake, I just felt, I'm the freshman walk-on and like, no one thinks I'm good enough. And that narrative grew in my head and it made me so uncomfortable on the court and so afraid to play because I didn't want to let anyone down, let alone these amazing, iconic girls that were on my team who didn't make mistakes.
1: Right, and well, how'd you deal with that? I mean, what were some tools that you used back then to deal with that?
0: You know, like freshman year, I, it was like sink or swim. Like Mm. I just had to figure it out without having the proper tools. I mean, the way I dealt with it was by like playing myself a motivational video before the game that was just like one of those crazy, like you got to fight through pain. You got to, unless you puke, faint or die, keep going. Like I would listen to those YouTube motivational videos to tell myself, like, forget how you're feeling and go do it. And you know, some games it worked. Um, I'm also someone who I, I when it comes down to winning, I consider myself clutch. I'm not always clutch. I've made very stupid, ditzy mistakes on the court. But if you put me in a game and you say like, we need to win this, I'm naturally a person who can go into that fight mode instead of the flight mode. And so It was weird because my anxiety would be worse when we played like a lower ranked team because it was so easy that I was only thinking about myself. But then like when we played Kansas in the elite eight in a fifth set, I was the one who was like, "Mine ball, because I just wanted to win. So so my freshman year, it was just this weird, like not healthy coping mechanisms. Like uh, one coping mechanism was food. If I was really stressed before a game, I would just eat a ton of food. and that caused me eating issues. And so it was just not healthy the way I coped. Um, and I just, I, like I said, it was sink or swim and I, I was barely treading water. Um, and then when I, started, when I started going to therapy and I started learning about the growth mindset and, and what anxiety is and mindfulness, I was then able to actually properly control those emotions.
1: Okay, so because it's so relative to right now, talk a little bit about how you use social media back then. Because in that TED Talk, you talk about how social media was a tool for you, but maybe it wasn't a tool in the most healthy way?
0: Yeah, not at all. It was something that I used to convince me I was happy, uh, to convince others I was happy. So like I'm explaining this freshman year where I'm crippled with anxiety, I'm overeating, I'm talking so negatively to myself and I'm living in like fear of making a mistake at practice. Um, I would then turn to social media and edit a picture of myself to look skinny or post a picture of myself smiling in my uniform because, so, hey, I'm the girl that came to USC and I want everyone in my hometown to think I'm loving it. And social media was just this mask of what was really going on. And, you know, that even made me feel more of an imposter because I would get all these likes and comments, you know, your body looks so good. And I would think, "Mm, well, I literally photoshopped the whole thing or you look so happy, you're killing it, the team is 22 and 0. And meanwhile, here I am like crying before the games and that's not the picture I'm posting. So it was just this way to mask what was going on.
1: So in that Ted talk, you also talked about uh, how it almost got to a point where it was maybe a little bit of a, a self-harm kind of thing and it didn't get to that point, but you know, there might be some some youth athletes that might be going through the exact same thing. And I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that moment And, and what helped you get, get through that? You mentioned therapy, but you know, if, if someone's not able to access therapy, what are some things that could help them?
0: Yeah. And I just want to say like, you're doing a great job. Like these are questions that people ask me and I really appreciate it because like, no one's asked me this question and like, I'm not, I'm like getting emotional just because like, it is something that like, it's not something I'm proud of. It's something that is Dark, especially where I am now in my life, to think, yeah, I had suicidal thoughts. I had suicidal ideations because I felt so claustrophobic in my life that it was not so much like wanting to die as it was just death or like being in a hospital bed would be a break. And it was the only like viable break I kind of could picture because. I couldn't call in and say, I don't want to go to practice. I couldn't say, I have a test. There's no excuse playing division one volleyball for a school that's trying to win a national championship like USC. I mean, you just, you do what you need to do um, to show up and perform. And I just felt sometimes like I couldn't do it. And when I started having those thoughts of like escaping my life, um, fortunately, I was able to notice wow Victoria like we've never been a person who's understood why suicide is the answer why people hurt themselves like I've I've never been able to comprehend it and in that low point of my life I truly was like I fully understand why someone would take their life and when I got to that point I was like oh my god like I'm not I'm something's not good with me um and I'm really grateful that at that time I was seeing a therapist, and I could talk about these things with that therapist. Um, so the timing of that, I'm lucky uh, to be able to talk through those problems.
1: Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, Vic, you inspire me because of how you took that emotion and, and that low point almost, and that real feeling, and you just transformed that. You said, you know what, this is real you know, not, um, not only am I going to be the best volleyball player I can be at at this time in my life, I'm, I'm going to not only that, I'm going to do a TED talk, I'm going to uh, express my vulnerability on social media, I'm going to make a thing out of this to help others, you know, and that, and that's really why I have you here today, because that's awesome. You know, it's one thing to to have things that happen, we all have things. But it's another thing to transform that thing, and to make it actually something that can help others, you know, and that's, that's really what this project is about. So I really appreciate how you did that. And, um, and how you're continuing to do that on a daily day on a day to day basis. And again, going back to that vulnerability, I mean, (laughs) I didn't tell you this before, but I I have a word that I wrote down for everyone that comes on my podcast. And after I learn about my guest, I, I think of a word and my word for you is brave you know, and, and even to, to see the emotion on your face now, like talk, talking about that, like that, that takes a lot of bravery, you know, and, and I really appreciate, appreciate that from you. Thank
0: you. That really means a lot to me. And, you know, like as much as it's not something like that makes me happy to talk about, I think talking about it reminds me like why I'm doing what I do now. And it's easy to fall into this trap of building a brand and being an advocate for mental health and Like I go and I give these keynotes and um, there's this element of, well, I better impress the athletic director. They better think this was useful. They flew me out here. Like, you know, it's easy to lose sight of what the mission is. And it's as simple as like, I went through some really hard shit. I'm just here to tell you about it so that you could feel better in your situation and you could not feel alone. And then unfortunately it gets that true ripe meaning in the center just kind of can get overshadowed by like you know social media and people talking about oh that's so great you're an advocate for mental health and like I get so disconnected from why I'm even doing this um Mm. I appreciate talking about it thank you yeah
1: it's it's really healthy for me to talk about it too so I, I think it's healthy for everyone to talk about to listen to other people talk about and to just start those conversations, start those, those maybe a little bit uncomfortable conversations, you know, and, and then, because it can turn into like amazing things. It can turn into these speaking engagements and can turn into books. It can turn into podcasts, right. you know, and you can help, you can help others get through those moments, you know,
0: but yeah, exactly. But then it's important to remember, you know, why you're doing those things. Um, For so sure. this was a good reminder, especially I have a really cool event coming tonight. So Thank you for yeah. grounding me.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, let's let's kind of move that over to the emotional side of this because that's that's where I want to take this next. You know, um, I watched another video of your senior speech, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna link that below here um, so everyone can watch that because it was a really cool speech, and you you uh, you were looking back on your your career at USC, and you you expressed this emotion. This emotion just came out of you, and and it was so cool. And I. I was just wondering if you could just maybe just talk a little bit about what it felt like to express that emotion and and um yeah and just you know just just talk about that a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. My senior speech was something I legitimately look forward to from my first day of freshman year on campus. And like I know that's terrible to be like I was already thinking about the future, but that's who I am. Like I'm already thinking about my wedding, I'm already thinking about my kids' <laughs> names. Like, so you better bet. I was thinking about my senior speech like as a freshman. And I always thought about like what I would say and Um, you know, that was something that like completing four years of being a student athlete was something that would also keep me going. Like, I remember being, getting water in the middle of practice and really just going to the bathroom to cry for two seconds in between service leave drills. Um, and just be like, I will write about this in my senior speech. Like, and it just like, I reminded myself that these hard things are building me to finish this job that I know I can do. Um. And, you know, one of the things that was a heartbreaker for me was not ever getting a scholarship. And like you mentioned, yes, I I started for four years. Um, and I played in I think every single game of the four years, I was an athlete on the team. Um, and so to not walk away with a scholarship, people look at that and don't understand how it makes sense, but you know, politically and with the contracts and with everything, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't happen for me. Um, and at first that was a really big bummer. I was Heartbroken. You know, I wanted to earn that scholarship. I wanted to award my parents, like, with earning that for all the support they'd shown me um, in putting me through sports as a kid. And, you know, I really had to flip that around. And I say this in my talk and say, like, every single day of the past four years was a choice. Like, I didn't show up because my tuition was being paid, I didn't show up because like I had to. I showed up because I wanted to, and I could have left any day. Um, and so that was sort of my power, and I was really proud to be able to say that.
1: I love it. I love that. I, I again, I love the the bravery and the vulnerability that you show in that in that um, in that speech. You know, and I want to take this a, a step further, and, and let's go back to you know the whole idea of uh, the emotional part of an inspired practice. So, let's bring it back to that. You know, what are the emotions and, and what are the differences and similarities of emotion from both an inspired practice and an inspired game?
0: Um, I think it's just feeling like the best version of yourself is, I think, what I think about when you say all these things. and you know, I, I'm still learning what makes me the best version of myself, and there are certain people I can think of who I am always the best version of myself around. Um, And then there's other people who I love more than anything, but I'm not my best self around them. Um, And Mm. in terms of like an inspired practice and inspired game, I think it's just regardless of environment, culture, teammates, coach, how can you be the best version of yourself in a moment? How can you view the obstacles as opportunities? And how can you create a moment that you're proud of um, Mm. when it's not totally what you wanted
1: i love that vic because that's what sports are they're moments they're just moments you win points you lose points you win games you lose games but they're all moments so Mm -hmm. i love how you said that how can you create a moment for yourself that's that's beautiful um let me ask you this how does the inspired feeling staying with that emotional part of this how does the inspired feeling transcend one's sport or discipline and carry over to their personal or daily life
0: sorry we asked that one more time
1: yeah, for sure. Um, how does the inspired feeling transcend one's sport and carry over to their personal life?
0: Yeah, this is a great question because I didn't know the answer to this a few weeks ago. Um, okay. <laughs> I was actually working out with my boyfriend who is just an all-around incredible guy. And he just works out super hard. And this What's is a name? guy who... Max Brown. and this Max is Brown, a guy, shout out. <laughs> yeah, and this is a guy who was quote-unquote destined to play in the NFL and had a career-ending injury and it didn't work out for him and yet he's still now working a normal job goes out and works his ass off every single day like in a workout and I go and I work out and I just remember being in the middle of sprints with him and I didn't know what to call on because I usually call on like beating out the girl or getting the spot or winning the championship and that's my like keep running the sprints Um, And I'm like, "What, what do I call on? Because I don't have a team. I don't have a game. And I asked him and he was just like, how you do this workout transfers to how you walk into the room tomorrow or how you continue on the rest of your day. And this is just you putting money in your personal integrity bank of I finish things and I work my hardest. And I loved that because it is true. Like the day you work out and you work out really hard and it's not for a championship. It's not for a sport. It's just because you can translates. And that's the confidence that you call on when you show up with your project and people don't think you're smart enough or good enough. And you're like, yeah, I work my ass off. Like, I know I do. And you call on that, that tough workout, which is the confidence in this moment. And so I think that's how it translates to life.
1: It reminds me of that quote, how you do anything is how you do everything.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, Just another question on emotion. Just let's talk about emotional management for a second. I don't have this written down, but it's just coming to me um for the youth athlete that is having that hard time emotionally managing everything whether it's the schedule it's the it's the practices the games the overwhelm <sighs> you know w- what are some what are some tools and tips that you can give to emotionally manage everything
0: well i feel like for me the biggest help has been therapy and talking to someone about like what triggers me and what my like obsess with achieving is rooted in from my childhood and what my motives are because of my fears and i really had to dive into all of that to be able to you know be calm in those moments but i do know that not everyone can see a therapist and so i would love to also give an answer that is helpful to anyone but so in that case i would just say like noticing the trigger is huge for me. Like, what is triggering you? Is it that this coach um always yells at you and you're afraid to play for this coach? Is the trigger the soccer field? Because every time you play on the soccer field, you think just like a trigger for me was literally the Galen center. Like a trigger was just walking in the building because I thought about negative things. Mm. Um, So what's the trigger? And then once you find that trigger out, like, how can we become one with that trigger and kind of eliminate that animosity between you and that thing? And so For me, it was going to the gym, sitting in a chair, closing my eyes and smelling the gym and just reminding myself good things can happen in this gym. Opportunity can happen in this gym. dreams can come true in this gym and rewiring that for me. And then another thing too, I'd say is, um, reminding myself that I'm small. And what I mean by that is our anxiety stems from this, like me, 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 me. Am I going to play well? Am I going to do well? Am I going to, are they going to think this is me, 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 me. And it's not about me, Victoria. It is not about you. It is about everyone else in the world. It is about like coronavirus. It is about the pandemic. It is about the healthcare. Like it is not about me. Um, And so that has really helped me remember that no one's showing up thinking, what is Victoria Garrick going to blah, blah, blah. They're not. And so those two things have really helped me is like, take that spotlight off yourself put it on someone else and help them. And I guarantee you, you will do your job better when you're doing it for someone else, not so that you can look good.
1: Wow, I absolutely love that. You mentioned one word that I just wanna touch on for a second, you said rewiring, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like for me, I kinda I kind of get what that means. You're, it, for me, that means transforming, but like, uh, so I'm well aware of this, the power of the subconscious, the power of the subconscious kind of runs us on a day-to-day basis, on a moment-to-moment basis. So when you say rewiring, is that what you mean? You're rewiring the the anxiety feeling into an opportunity feeling?
0: I think it just means creating a new equation. And my old equation was me plus Jim equals bad things and anxiousness. And it's going back and saying, no, okay, me plus Jim can also equal growth, opportunity, memories, pictures of my parents after the game, living my dream and realizing that there's a lot of other answers to me plus Jim than just the negatives. And that's the rewiring.
1: I love that. I love that. We all need to practice that, including me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Let's talk about flow. Can you identify when you are in the game, in the flow, in the zone or locked in?
0: Yes. I know when I'm in flow state, it was that fun, carefree, not thinking, um, attitude and just, I'm just being, and I'm not thinking. Um, and like I said, I, those were scarce experiences as a college athlete for me, but when they came, it was the most fun I had playing.
1: So I'm curious, I've been asking everybody this, is it possible to practice that flow state?
0: I think it's possible to do the things necessary to possibly lead to flow state. I don't think you can practice flow state. And like, I guess the example I'll give is um, one time in therapy, we did this thing where you like hook up to this machine. And the first time we did it, I had no idea what it was. She was like, just sit here and just sit and think or just sit and try to be mindful. And when I was done, I opened my eyes, took out the sensors, and I saw on the computer a, a screen that had like a beautiful fountain and a rainbow and a sky and butterflies. And she basically said, when you are in a flow state or when you are not thinking things will turn color in this picture. And so cool. The next time I went to therapy and we did it, all I was thinking of was, oh, I hope I'm getting the rainbow. Oh, I wonder how many colors are there. Oh, I wonder. Gonna... And I got like barely anything to turn into color because I was trying to be in flow state. Right. So I really don't think you could practice being in the flow state. Um but I think you can definitely practice the the tools and the repetitive habits that can lead to flow state.
1: Okay. And so let's say you find yourself in flow state in practice. Is it possible to bank that feeling so you can try to remember that for the game?
0: For sure. I think in that moment, ask yourself, okay, what is it that's making me feel like I'm grooving? Um, What does it feel like to be grooving? Um, Am I talking with people? Am I connecting with them? Am I really present? Um, And just notice like what are all the components of your flow state? Because then I think you can be in a moment and be like, you know, one of the two biggest things that happened for me in flow state was I was really connected with my teammates and I had amazing energy. So let's just try to do those two things to hopefully get back to that state. So I think right. that would be the way to go about it.
1: I think that's a really good practice too and not just for sports but even for speaking, right? I mean when you take stage, you take the stage, you know, like that's a performance, right? And yeah. and sometimes you have to remember, you know, the tools that you that have helped you as an athlete, right?
0: Yeah. And that's something I've really been figuring out, you know, no one teaches you how to be a public speaker. I mean, at least for me, I, I probably should get a coach or a class or something, but I'm big on like keeping things real and genuine. So I would right. hate to be, I don't know, too scripted. Um, but for me, like in those moments, it's, and this relates to everything, man, like, right. I'm just gonna be me and speak my truth. And that's how I approach a public speaking event to hundreds of people. The same way, when you show up to a game, you got to say to yourself, I'm just going to play my game and trust that I have this. I'm not going to think about the technique when I'm moving my foot. I'm just, I'm in the game now. I did my hours. I'm trusting I have it in me. And I think that's the best way to perform in a moment is trust yourself.
1: Trust yourself and bank on the preparation that you, you yeah, did yourself. Yeah, and trust in
0: all the work you've put in
1: love it love it all right let's talk about sources Vic uh, where do you get inspiration from
0: um i get inspiration from uh, i think other people who demonstrate strength and kindness and a relentless work, work ethic you know that inspires me um i'm also inspired by things I'm passionate about um if it's something that I really want to do like I'm working on a passion project right now that has to do with food and body image and like I just I'm excited to do that like that inspires me to think about the way it could help people um so for me I think it's you know role models and then also passion
1: love that are you inspired by your fans like all the people that just like reach out to you and say oh my god you're you inspire me does that inspire you back
0: you know it it definitely does um i've been trying to do this new thing where i like go live with my fans and i'm able to talk to them and connect with them um because it's great to see a face and a smile and hear their voice and just remind myself this is a human being who supports what i'm doing as opposed to this is a like and a comment from a username. Right. So I really prefer to like humanize anyone that supports me. And I love meeting people after my talks. And I've had a few fun moments where like I was at the boardwalk in Santa Monica and like someone asked for a picture with me and I was like, <laughs> I love you. I never thought I'd get asked for a picture on at the boardwalk. <laughs>
1: that's cool. That's really cool. Awesome, Vic. Well, hey, that's the uh, that's the main interview questions. Uh, we'll move to the lightning round. So these are a little bit quicker answers. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. How do you define success and what does being successful mean to you?
0: I would define success as, oh, this is such a tough one. And I just had a great conversation with someone about this because sometimes we only think success is this incredibly amazing accomplishment as opposed to why can't hanging out with your best friend be success? Um, I guess for me, success is feeling like you have done the work to reap the benefits. And those benefits could be small. It could be, I got in my car, I got my shit together so I could come see my best friend. And now we're watching a movie and I'm reaping the benefits. Or it could be, I put in my four years of volleyball at USC and now I feel really good about what I can do when I put my mind to something. So to me, you know, it is feeling like you've put the work in to reap the benefit.
1: Love it. How do you consider the idea of failure?
0: I love failure. I feel like it's important to know that anyone above us who's doing better than us has most likely failed more than us. So it's important to fail for sure.
1: Agree. What are the most successful habits that you do on a consistent basis?
0: I would say that something that helps me be successful is truly prioritizing what is best for me on any given day. And you know, this past Monday, I had a million things to do. I had so much to do on this amazing work Monday that um, I, was, I had this plan. And then I woke up Monday with a lot of anxiety. And I think it was because of all the stuff I was doing this week. And I said, you know what? Then I'm not going to do it today. I'm taking my day off. This is my mental health day. And I'm going to do something else that I want to do. And that was watch a comedy show, FaceTime some friends and not do work. And other days I wake up and I start working from the early morning up until 1130 at night with videos and podcasts and getting ahead. So to me, it ebbs and flows. And I think what makes me successful on a daily practice is honoring what I have that day
1: honoring your truth. I love that. I love that. Um, For you, what is the most important lesson that has has helped shape who you are today?
0: The most important lesson that has shaped me um, was something that my mom just always kind of instilled in me indirectly. I mean, I love my mom. She's definitely not that wise old woman that like drops these one-liners. It was more just she would always say, like, make it happen. And to me, that meant if you want something, you have to go get it. No one is giving it to you. You can't wait around. Like, good things come to those who work really hard. Um, And that is sort of, I think, how I've been able to develop into the woman I am and I'm still becoming because I truly make things happen if that's what I want. And I work really hard for those things. And sometimes I don't get those things, but I'm at least working for them. So for me, just the life lesson of if you want something, work really hard to set yourself up in the best possible opportunity to have that thing come true for you.
1: Love it. Can you share the biggest challenge you've been through on your journey? Uh,
0: I think, you know, the biggest challenge I've been through was my battle with anxiety and depression. That was for sure the biggest struggle I've ever experienced in my life. Um, But I don't regret it at all. I mean, it's shaped me.
1: Right, right. Um, How important is the idea of having impact to you?
0: It's definitely valuable to be someone that makes an impact in a positive way to those around you. And I think that that's a good thing that everyone should value, especially young athletes is how do you impact your team when you're on the bench? How do you make a difference? How do you make an impact when things aren't going the way you want? You're making an impact whether you're making an impact whether you want to or not. Is it negative? Is it neutral or is it positive? And for me, I think it's just, if you can't be positive, at least make a neutral impact. Don't take from people. So, um, I think if you can't make that positive impact, be self-aware that you're making an impact regardless because everyone does in all situations. So let's be cautious of that and make an impact that's going to put everyone else around you in a better space.
1: I really like that. It also makes me think of making impact to your future self,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is cool too. Um, I did skip one. I want to go back to it. What do you think the biggest challenge is for other people that you see?
0: The biggest challenge I see for other people is not being able to fully be who they want to be and Mm. be their truth. And I get all the time young girls asking me, how do you just post on Instagram and not care? Mm -hmm. How do you just blah, 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 and don't care? What about people think, but I don't like the way I look. Um, And so the biggest challenge I see is just this misconception that we have to look a certain way or have people approve us or validate us to be who we want to be and be our truth. And I really just, would love to see everyone be able to be who they wanna be without feeling like it has to be for others.
1: Amen, I love that. All right, just a few more here, Vic. Uh, What brings you joy? What part of your work brings you the most joy?
0: I am brought the most joy when I get to talk to someone and hug them and hear about their story. Uh, that is definitely the thing that brings me the most joy. If I ever get anxious about public speaking or I don't want to get on my seventh plane of the first 10 days of the month, I'm just like, you're going to get some hugs and connect with people. And that brings me the most joy.
1: Cool. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received and why? And I know you just mentioned that that advice, make it happen from your mom. Any Anything else come to mind? Any other coaches or people.
0: That's, that's definitely, I think the best life advice that's kind of shaped me in all aspects, mm-hmm. but in terms of sports advice, I always go to this one moment. Um, I was very lucky to have Nicole Davis, who's the two-time Olympian libero be my mentor. Cause she was a USC player and it was the first game I was officially starting as libero for USC my sophomore year against UCLA. And it was a big game, a conference starter. And I just texted her, I think, saying like any words of advice before this game. And she said, you're going to make mistakes tonight. And I read the text like, oh my God, (laughs) like, why would she say this? Like, that makes me nervous. I'm not going to make mistakes. I'm going to play great. (laughs) And then she followed it up with, and when they come, because you're human and they will, and no one is perfect, you'll be able to handle them. And in that moment, I just was like, Dang, you're right. No one is ever perfect. The idea that I'm gonna go out there and play a flawless game doesn't exist. The idea that Sam Bricio is gonna go play a flawless game maybe exists more than me, but it doesn't really exist because someone's not gonna hit the shot they want. They might not get the kill when they need to get the kill. They might miss a serve long, you know, I might pass a one. Like I'm gonna make a mistake. And so I think just being told that mistakes are gonna come really helped me in the moments that they did come. Because I was like, oh, there's my mistake um, you know, cool. I'm a human as opposed to, oh, I made a mistake and I needed to be perfect. So that was one of the best sports advice I've ever gotten.
1: That's awesome. It, it, it really makes me think of something. Sue Enquist told me, uh, one time, shout out Sue. Uh, she said, you have to have a failure response system. Failure is going to come, but it's the response system. That's important.
0: Ooh, I love that.
1: Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good one. Um, Vic, what is your ultimate why?
0: Hmm. I feel like I'm having a conversation with God right before I go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is my why? I'm like, is he going to open the gates for me? Um, what is my why?
1: And before you answer, it's maybe the best question I could ask. And I really encourage everyone to think about that, including me. I, I do it too, but it's, it's a really powerful question. What is your ultimate Why?
0: I think my ultimate why is to feel joy. I just think that's why I live. That's why I do things. That's why I go to events. That's why I see friends. That's why I do everything in my life is to experience joy. And, you know, that emotion of pure joy is something that is one of the best, the best feeling I think in the world. And I think that's why I, I live every day um, and I wanna be on this earth is because I love the feeling of joy and um, the people I love. And you know that to me just seems like my why.
1: That's awesome, I love it. Looking back on your journey, is there anything you wish you could change and why?
0: Looking back on my journey, I want to say no. You know, I have no regrets because every piece has connected the dots to this moment and I wouldn't change anything. However, I do wish I could go back and maybe just shake myself on the shoulders and be like, just have fun, girl. Like, you're libero for USC. Like, let's have a good time tonight, man. Like, it's not about all of these other things I was stressing about in the moment. And you know what, I did have someone shake my shoulders and say that Nicole said that to me. And then she also said, but I know it means nothing because someone told me that when I was in your shoes and I still couldn't see it. And <laughs> then once you graduate and you look back, you see it. It's like, just have fun. You're a kid and you're playing volleyball for your dream school. So, you know, if I could go back, I would just remind myself to have more fun.
1: I love that. That's awesome. Uh, Looking at these pyramids, you know, John Wooden's pyramid of success and this pyramid of inspired living. Is there anything that stands out to you? I don't know if you have them in front of you, but- um,
0: I don't, yeah, can I see this?
1: I don't know if that, the light will work, but at the top of John, this is John Wooden's and it's competitive greatness at the top. But this was, um, this this really worked for him, for his teams and all his team success.
0: Wow, his definition of success is way better than mine, but mine <laughs> definitely relates to his. I think I'm not too far off the mark. Um, I definitely love John Wooden and everything he has to say. You know, I studied him in school in a sports journalism class. And um, all of his teachings are great. And, you know, one of my favorite things is failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Mm. And I love that quote. I think it just helps explain that if you want anything, you're going to have to put the work in. You're going to have to prepare for it. And you can't just sit back and expect it because then, like he said, it's preparing to not get what you want. Um, So that's probably one of the things
1: I love about his teachings. Cool. And so, you know, having gone to UCLA, I saw that pyramid, you know, every day, all the time. And it inspired me to make my own pyramid of inspired living because I think that's my peak. That's what I want to get to on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. Would you, uh, first of all, agree with that? And second of all, would you also suggest others to make their blueprint, their pyramid, their, you know, their thing?
0: Let me pull up your pyramid. Just yeah, sure. So I can and I have really it here too if you want. Reference.
1: I know the light is kind of tough, but
0: it's okay. I think I'm gonna get it on my email right okay. quick. Okay. And... Okay. Um
1: got it. Um
0: I think it's awesome that you were inspired by John Wooden's pyramid and made your own pyramid. And I feel like anyone who needs to fully grasp how they want to accomplish something or who they want to be in life does need to take that time. And it's time, right? Just right? right. sit down and figure out who you are at your core and how you want to get there and what those steps are. So I love that you did that for yourself. It's definitely inspiring to me. Um, and. You know, I would say one of the things that jumps out at me here is the intent of purpose.
1: Mm.
0: I am someone that my intentions are my everything. Like I, that is the thing that I will go to the grave with is I have the best intentions and I'm never trying to throw someone under the rug. I'm never trying to manipulate, scheme hurt someone. Um and so I think having pure intentions is so important. And if I make mistakes, of course I intend unintentionally hurt people or I unintentionally upset someone. And I think that's where the honest, very pure side of me is like, okay, how did I do that? And how can I learn next time not to do that? Because um I only am thinking of the good intent. So that's something I really love is that word intention.
1: I love that. I love that. Vic, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're inspiring. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh and just delving into all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it. I really did enjoy this. Um cool. these are great questions and I do I'm really glad that we did this. So thanks for even thinking of me. And yeah. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And just one more time, uh your podcast is real pod. And uh, you can get more information at victoriagarrick.com or on your Instagram at victoriagarrick.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Vic. And we'll talk soon, okay?
0: Appreciate it.
1: Okay, no problem. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on Within the Game podcast. Visit withinthegame.com for show notes and links on everything we talked about today. You can also subscribe to the mailing list, which will give you exclusive content from each guest, as well as more resources to help you stay inspired in and out of your game. Follow us on Instagram at WithinTheGamePodcast.